is John Ross. I asked my dad if I could be a part of the show, and all he did was give me this to read. Welcome to the Always Believe in You show with your host, Damon K. Ross. Please enjoy the show. Good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, depending on where you are in the world. You are listening to the Always Believe in You show right here on 21.6 The Net, your daily dose of encouragement. Today I have a great show lined up for you. I have an interview with a young man who is just has a tremendous story and is doing a lot of great things in his life. If you are a, for, if you are a frequent listener of 21.6 The Net, you probably heard him on Tuesday on Not Done Yet with Robbie Robinson, and Tom Sellers. So you'll get a little bit of a repeat of that and uh, just a a great time and a great story hearing what this young man talked about. I don't want to get into too much detail about it, but the big thing that I took from my interview with Nicholas and also his mom, his, his mom participated in the interview as well, his mother, Edith, What they really talked about that stood out to me was mindset and developing a winning mindset. And it is so important and so vital that we as human beings develop that winning mindset. And particularly those of us who dedicate our lives to working with and influencing the lives of young people. Not only is it important that we ourselves develop a winning mindset, but we also have to make sure that we are preaching and presenting a winning mindset idea and recipe for success to those young people that we work with. One of the things that I've noticed that affects our young people a lot, and particularly with those that I work with, is they don't have a mindset that is geared towards winning. They don't have a mindset geared towards success. Most of their thoughts are self-loathing and they really come and operate from a place of low self-esteem and low belief in themselves. And the way that we can help them to combat that is by helping them develop a winning mindset, changing the mindset, changing the story that they are telling themselves about what they are, who they are, who they can become. And I talk, I'm, I'm, I brought up just a little bit ago about us as those caring adults that work with these youth and young adults having that winning mindset as well, because it's very hard for you as an individual to convey the importance of having a winning mindset to someone when you don't have that yourself. It's tough when they are in a situation in which they need to have the right mindset in order to succeed, in order to go on and grow into what they want to become. It's hard for us to influence them in that manner when we are not living that ourselves. Most people want to have a cookie cutter blueprint for success. And there are some industries, there are some instances, there are some scenarios in which you can have a blueprint and a map. As a matter of fact, for most situations, if not all situations, there can be a blueprint and a map that will lead us most likely to success. However, in the real world, 
things don't always happen how we would like for them to. There's always or most of the time there's some kind of curveball that's thrown our way or some kind of monkey wrench that gets thrown into the equation in which that blueprint doesn't work. And how do you overcome that? You overcome that by having the right mindset, by de- de- by becoming a abundance thinker, by becoming a person who thinks in terms of winning and who thinks in terms of I'm going to succeed in this situation, as opposed to the person that when trials hit them, they just cower up and fold and think, woe is me. This is not going to work out. It's not going to happen. Again, are there times and are there situations and are there plans that you can have? Absolutely. You really should go into most situations, if not all situations, with some form of plan of action. But if you don't put that right mindset behind that plan of action, the execution will more than likely not be as great as you would hope that it would be, if it even does well at all. I would much rather have a person with a winning mindset going into battle, going into a situation than someone who just has a blueprint. Because even if you have the blueprint and you don't have the right mindset, then there's no guarantee that you're going to execute that game plan, that blueprint in the way that it needs to be done in order to be successful. And when we're dealing with working with youth, again, we must have that same ability to look at things from a a winning perspective, from a, a growth mindset, because these young people, they can feel that. They can tell when we believe in something. They can tell when we have the right attitude. This brings to mind a training that I did at my school that I work at a year ago, about a year ago. I was talking about having patience and just developing and having the right mindset for patients dealing with what we deal with. There are often times where we deal with some pretty highly escalated situations, some really intense moments. And I work with a particular group called the Dean's Team. And our job is to come in and address those highly stressful situations. And one of the TAs in our program said to me, actually several have, but uh, it comes to mind in particular, this one, this one TA approached me once and he said, you know, I, I always find it fascinating just how calm you guys are when you come into a situation because we're calling you frantic about something that's happening and you guys just come in just as relaxed and as cool as possible. And it's just, I think it's great that you guys are able to do that. Now, here's the secret, and I said this in the training that I told them. When we walk onto the scene, we don't always come in there, or actually, we never come in there with a scripted game plan as far as what we're going to do and how we're going to handle the situation. Because most times, we don't know what we're walking into. So it's kind of hard to walk into each each situation and each scenario with something handcrafted on how to deal with it and how to de-escalate the situation and get everything back to a regular, even space. So part of the reason why 
we're able to come in so calmly, it's because we understand that if we come in there with the right mindset, which is we're going to get through this situation some way, somehow. We are going to resolve this issue some way, somehow. We never walk into a situation just knowing, okay, I know if I do X, then I'm going to get Y. That's not how it works. But we know that no matter what, whether it's us on our own individually or whether we can orchestrate with the other staff that's available or if we call each other, we go in there with the mindset that says we are going to figure this out. And a lot of the TAs and even the teachers and some of the therapists would like to have some very scripted plan in place or some kind of uh, a script or dialogue or a roadmap for each situation and a response to everything that happens. And while we could do that, because, you know, most situations are pretty much a repetitive thing that happens at our school. If you go in there with the wrong mindset, it doesn't matter if you have the right script or the right prescription for whatever is going on, because your energy level, your thinking will probably not allow for that plan to work according to how you would want it to. And it really it kind of goes back to the Mike Tyson quote. For those of you who are sports fan, Mike Tyson said, Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And basically what that means is you can come in there with something already pre-scripted. But once you get that real monkey wrench, as I said before, once you get that real thing that comes in and disrupts the plan that you had in order to fix things, because the situation is not going to play out according to how you have it written on a piece of paper, then what are you going to do? And that's why I stress having the right mindset and being able to work with these youth with the mindset that says, not only do I believe that we're going to have a great outcome, I'm encouraging you to believe and my belief, my having the right mindset is going to rub off on you in the long run. So we got to remember mindset is so important and that is the way that you grow and you you get the growth and you're able to influence these young people to go to heights that they never thought possible by you yourself developing the right mindset and then by influencing them to have the right mindset, to have a winning mindset that says that I can overcome anything and I can become who and what I need to be in order to have the success that I desire in my life. And with that, I'm going to go into my youth of the week. Now, there's a pretty interesting and and fascinating thing about the youth that I picked. So as I said, I'm going to play the interview with Nicholas in just a minute here. But it's funny because when I went home that day, I interviewed him last Friday on August 3rd. And when I came home, I, I you know, ran a few errands, did a couple of things, and then I sat down on the couch and, you know, just to take a little breather, which is dangerous for me because when I stop, I tend to fall asleep. So I have to keep moving. But I happened to sit down and so I dozed off. And when I woke up, there was a program on ESPN called 30 for 30 Shorts Documentary. And just so happened that this day was the filming of or the airing of the document for uh, a young lady 
by the name of Vanessa or Victoria, Victoria Arlen. Now, Victoria Arlen now is a host on ESPN, and she just recently participated in uh, Dancing with the Stars. But her story is so fascinating because at the age of 11, she came down with an illness that put her in a coma for about three years. And when she came out of that coma, she was paralyzed and she went on to do some wonderful things. So I'm going to read this article from ESPNMediaZone.com, which talks about Victoria Arlen and her situation. ESPN Films will premiere a new 30 for 30 shorts documentary locked in on Friday, August 3rd at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. The short film directed by Allison Elwood and uh, chronicles former Paralympian swimmer Victoria Arlen's journey through a rare medical diagnosis that left her in a vegetative state and her incredible recovery that followed. The family... The family photos and home movies show a precarious, athletic young girl, a triplet with two brothers who lovingly teased her as they grew up in New Hampshire. Victoria Arlen's truly had the world ahead of her, but at age 11, she began to suffer from an illness that baffled her doctors and tore up her family. She fell into a vegetative state, unable to communicate to her loved ones that she was still there, and as She says, in this inspiring and moving 30 for 30 short, I was locked in my own body. It wasn't until three years later that Arlen began to regain movement. As it turned out, two different and rare neurological diseases had robbed Victoria not only of precious years, but also her physical capabilities. But they hadn't taken her spirit. Slowly but surely, with the help of loved ones and proper treatment, she began to recover her true self. She couldn't move, she couldn't walk, but her brother showed her she could still swim. All the way to London for the 2012 Paralympics, where she won a gold and three silver medals. Determined to recover the use of her legs, she enrolled in a program called Project Walk and eventually competed on Dancing with the Stars on ABC. Locked In features moving testimony from Arlen's mother, father, brothers, and coach, but ultimately the words that sum up her remarkable story belong to Arlen herself, who now works for ESPN. I wanted to switch the word impossible to I'm possible. As a person, I was drawn to Victoria Arlen's story as it represented the power of love in a family determined to never give up despite the odds said Allison Elwood. As a director, her story presented exciting visual challenges that allowed me to experiment with metaphor. Given that Victoria was a swimmer, the water was a natural place for her locked in mind to exist simultaneously at peace and in angst. And man, when I when I woke up and saw that, I was like, man, this was like a gift being dropped in my lap. When you hear Nicholas's story, you'll understand why this story resonated with me so much. And I remember sitting watching that 30 for 30, and I was just amazed at the determination that this young lady had at such a young age when she was trapped inside of her body. I mean, 
Think about that and imagine you being in your body and being unable to move. You're able to comprehend everything that's going on, but you're unable to communicate and you're unable to be the person that you would like to be because of this illness that you've contracted. So I just I just said and I was like, man, this is like a gift dropped into my lap to be able to see this. And it points so much into the mindset that I was talking about, because for a person, especially a young person, to be in the position that she was in, going from being a very athletic individual who was going to be, from all signs, a star in whichever sport she decided to single single, uh, single out for her to participate in. To go from that into a position where you couldn't do anything, you're in a vegetative state, you're in a coma for three years, being told you're going to be in a vegetative state, to not only being able to swim without the use of your legs, go over to the Paralympics, become a medalist in the Paralympics, and then from there to vow that I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep fighting and pushing and find whoever I need to, whatever program I need to, in order to walk again so I can participate in all of the things that I've dreamed about. You just you have to have an enormous an, an enormous mindset, an enormous winning attitude that says that I'm going to get past this, I'm going to beat this, even though the odds say it is very unlikely. So I just applaud this young lady. And, you know, I encourage all of you to go out and find this story on ESPN, the 30 for 30. And again, uh, it is called Locked In, the Victoria Arlen story. And you can see a lot of great stories on these ESPN 30 for 30 shorts. Uh, and they sh- most of them, most of them turn out to be great stories. And this is one who, as I said, Victoria was an 11 year old, lost all usage of her body and was just locked inside of her body. But she had the right attitude that said that I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to push past this. I'm going to continue to believe that I will one day walk again, that I will one day be able to do all of the things that I was able to do before these deadly diseases took it all away from me. And that's the precise attitude that we should all live our lives with, that no matter what we are faced with, no matter what circumstances are presented to us, if we have the right attitude and we have the right mindset, We are able to overcome and achieve great things that we never would have thought possible. And so with that, I'm going to say continue to listen to my podcast, continue to stay on 21.6 The Net, listening to all these other shows to get that daily dose of encouragement because life is tough, it is difficult, and it can be 
very hard to maintain a winning mindset. So you want to put yourself in a position where you're receiving the right information, you're reading the right things, you're listening to the right things, and you're surrounding yourselves with the right people so you can continue to foster that winning mindset and to place yourself in a position to where you can walk into any situation and when things don't go according to how you want them to go, You can still have that faith and that attitude that says, I will overcome and I will win. And with that, let's roll into the interview portion of the show. Welcome back to the Always Believe in You show right here on 21.6 The Net. I am here with a very special guest, uh, my friend, Mr. Nicholas Mieskowski. Did I say that right? Yeah, you got it right. First time. <laughs> so I'm going to tell a little bit of story about how I met Nick before uh, before we get into the interview. About a year and a half ago, we were at a workshop together uh, down in Chicago. And part of the workshop was helping people to develop themselves into becoming a speaker, learning how to speak from stage and moving on to being able to sell or promote your product in a impactful way from stage. And one of the things that we had to do in this was present in front of the entire group. Now, Nicholas was there with his parents and they're all extremely shy from what I remember. And I was just so impressed with the fact that not only that they got up there, but they went up there with confidence and was able to speak. And so out of everybody, I just want to tell you, Nicholas, I was the most impressed with you getting up there and being able to speak. So uh, just been watching you and following you on Facebook and seeing all of the great things that you've been doing. You know, I, I just want to say I, I heard you a couple of weeks ago and you were talking about being able to go on stage and interview some celebrity. And I don't even remember which celebrity it was. But to me, getting a chance to interview you is more impressive than being able to interview any star. So I just wanted to say that before oh, we get thank started. Thank you so much, Damon. So, uh, Nick, let's, let's get a little bit into um, let's get a little bit into your background and, and your story before we go into the what you do. Now, I know you've had some struggles with cancer over the years. Can you tell our audience a little bit about that and, and your struggles and how you overcame that? Of course. So when I was just 10 years old, I was diagnosed with a stage four brain cancer. And um, I was really given a kind of like a 50-50 chance to life, really. And um, I had to undergo through a very hardcore, I guess, brain surgery in order to remove the cancer from my head. And I was told to have... uh, nine rounds of chemotherapy and 30 days of radiation therapy. Okay. And one of the biggest struggles after my whole entire surgery was that I wasn't able to walk by myself. I was in a wheelchair for the longest time. And for the duration of my treatment and for some time after finishing my treatment, I was still in that chair. And there are a lot of times where I, you know, I'd look out the window and I'd see the little kids running around at the mm-hmm. park and I'd feel so sorry for myself and so upset and angry that I couldn't get out of my chair and go out there and play. I wanted to be there, but I couldn't. 
And one of the breakthrough moments really for me was when me and my parents went to some museum. I was in my chair and I remember this little boy with his mom and the little boy was pointing at me and he's like, mommy, why can't that kid grow his hair back? And why can't he uh, get out of that chair? And that was really my breakthrough moment. And really, it was kind of like the shift toward my mindset, Mm -hmm. really, to overcome difficulty in my life. And really, that was the point when I realized that, oh, hey, maybe I could do this. And so I went to my physical therapist and I told her that I want to start walking again. I'm ready. And she gave me this walker. And I remember when I had this walker, my dad painted it in uh, yellow, blue, and red, aka the tackiest colors ever. <laughs> and this really was the start of the breakthrough. It was really the um, key to the puzzle, I suppose. And um, there were a lot of times where I fell over because my legs would give up. Mm-hmm. I was so weak. My legs were weak. My arms were weak. To even push the thing was just near near impossible to me. But um, I've started to really realize that we only have really two choices in life when we fall over. We fall over and we stay down and we re- remain victims and losers for the rest of our lives. Or mm-hmm. we can fall over, get back up again shake it off, keep our heads up high, and just go forward. And I started just developing this attitude because my parents, they were my first caregivers, and they've really fed me with so much positivity at that young age. And I was learning about, you know, how important self-development is and how important it really is to have that mindset of a champion. And so... Eventually, I did get stronger and stronger, and I didn't need to use this walker. And um, I was growing, frankly, tired of really feeling like an 80-year-old man trapped in a 12-year-old <laughs> kid's body. And I threw the walker away. I hid it somewhere in the garage where I wouldn't see it. And I started forcing myself to walk again. And that really was the biggest challenge for me. And I think because of my dedication back then to start walking again by myself mm-hmm. is really what's helped me get to the point where I am today. Man, that is awesome. That took a lot of strength and a lot of courage for you at such a young age to make a decision like that and push forward when so many people would probably look at that and say, ah, oh, this kid has no chance. Let's mm-hmm. just toss him you know, away to the side. So that to me, kind of shows why you're able to do what you're doing now, which is uh, a big part of why we're doing the interview. Uh, uh, I would like to talk about your business ventures, because what I'm hearing is that you develop some really strong mental characteristics through your tragedy. That's right. I was able to use that not only to overcome that, but to see a brighter future for yourself. And so now you and your family have a couple of different businesses that you run. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start off talking about the mobile homes that you guys are investing in and have created into a very nice business for yourselves. Tell us a little bit about that. How how does that work and what exactly do you do with the sale of m- mobile homes? Okay, so 
in our mobile home business, what we do is we go into mobile home parks, mobile home communities, and we usually take over properties over there that need work, whether they're vacant properties or abandoned homes. Mm -hmm. And we rehab these properties, fix them up, then we either flip them and sell them for cash or we sell them with uh, seller financing to people who can't really afford regular bank loans. Okay. Now, where did that idea come from? Because usually when people talk about selling homes or getting involved with real estate, you mm -hmm. don't think mobile homes. You think single family homes or, you know, condos or something like that. Yeah. Where, who came up with the idea and where did that concept come from to do something different like that? Okay, so originally I think I was 18 or 19 when we first started really educating ourselves about real estate. And we really just needed to go the next level and start another business in our lives. And uh, back then we took uh, educational courses with a company called uh, Elite Legacy by Robert Kiyosaki. Okay, yeah, I'm familiar. Uh, yeah. You know, a couple of people might know who he yeah. is, but... <laughs> May have heard his name somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we took courses on real estate investing, and we took, like, courses on, like, how to wholesale, like, sell the... How to assign a contract and sell it. Uh, we learned about foreclosures and that kind of stuff. And with these things that we were taught, they never really worked for us. Okay. Because... Um, we would acquire leads, you know, we, we, we had to like write letters every single day and nothing really came out of this. A deal never came out of it. And we have been working at this so hard for, I don't know, almost a year. Mm -hmm. But one of the most amazing things was that there was a course in Rich Dad called the mobile home class. Really? Yeah. And we took this course and our eyes really opened up and we realize that, hey, this is something we could definitely get into. And really, that's how the whole entire mobile home revolution started with us. Wow, that's that's really fantastic. <laughs> I, I had no idea. Like, I'd never heard of that until meeting you guys. Mm -hmm. it, like, never occurred to me that people can create a business in the real estate industry by yeah. working with mobile homes. So that took a lot of uh, insight on you guys' part. Yeah. To look into that and say, hey, we can move forward and go in, in uh, invest in that and turn that into something that's going to work out really well for us. Yeah, definitely. It's a very um, low risk and high profit business to get into. Unlike regular real estate, it doesn't cost that much to actually start your business in mobile home investing. Right. So what would you say as far as getting started with that was the biggest hurdle? Was it the mindset thinking that you can't make a lot with mobile homes or was there some other uh, pitfalls or other struggles in getting started? I'd say in the beginning was just, you know, setting that time mm -hmm. to really just start this venture. The other thing was, of course, changing that mindset towards mobile homes. You'd think that, you know, trailer trash lives in all mobile homes and only trailer trash like buys these mobile homes, but in actuality, it's just people who really, you know, need to live somewhere else who can't mm -hmm. afford their apartments or their homes. Right. 
and really changing that mindset to really believing that we are helping people through this business. So I think that was one of our challenges at the very beginning. And yeah, I think that's it. And really, we didn't have that coach figure in the very beginning Mm -hmm. because we had to figure out a lot of these things all by ourselves. Okay, so having uh, no one specifically there was a challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, and I hear that a lot with uh, people I talk to about different businesses is talking about the importance of having some kind of coach or mentor that can be there to help you out. Yeah. So what would you say the the high the high points of what you do is? You know, I know you said uh, being able to help people who are looking for homes who may not be able to help. Are there any other benefits that you see that just makes you feel really good? As a person get into it, you can say, hey, when you're doing this, you know, it's going to be very positive because of mm-hmm. X. Yeah. Well, apart from handing those keys to the family the very first time and feeling that fulfillment that you're making a difference for someone by offering them a home that's really fulfilling but the other part of that fulfillment is that you look back and you're like wow i created this yeah me and my family created this and we created this opportunity for other people how awesome are we yeah absolutely it's like (laughs) the, the great zig ziglar says you can have almost anything you want in life if you just help another enough other people get what they want. Yeah. And it sounds like that's what you guys are doing. So you have another business as well that you guys operate, which is a cleaning business. That's correct. Yes. So I know uh, your beautiful mom's sitting over there, but can you tell the story about how you guys started that business and kind of where that is today? Okay. So the way it started was, well... My mom and my dad were in Poland, Mm -hmm. and uh, they had my sister, uh, Samantha, about 25 years ago. Well, no, that was like 28 years ago. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Samantha, unfortunately, was born with brain cancer. And um, since this was basically post-communism back in Poland... Medical treatment wasn't really that be- the best thing. And really, the medical professionals wanted to lock up Samantha in an institution. Okay. Because, you know, there That's wasn't really did. that chance for yeah. Samantha. And my parents had an opportunity to come down to America because uh, I believe my mom's grandma was here. So they had the opportunity to fly down here in order to really rescue their daughter, my sister. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's how the cleaning service was really born, because they would be taking care of Samantha, and my mom would have, say, five homes to clean. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a comfortable job for her, because really, if she lost one of the homes that she was cleaning, she'd still have four remaining left out of the five. And could always go get another home. As opposed to trying to find another job, which yeah. can be a little, a lot more difficult. Exactly. And really, that's how it all began from there. And uh, really just being involved with my parents, we've really, ha- we've really lived the entrepreneurial life, though, mm-hmm. you know, forever, really. And now, today, I mean, 
the cleaning service is very successful. We have a lot of people who are working for us. And really, well, we were talking earlier about mindset, right? So Absolutely, yeah. When we were starting to really change our mindset a couple of years ago, we're really helping a lot of people too. We're helping people who are so busy in their lives that they're mm-hmm. unable to really keep their properties, you know, clean and, you know, the environment clean and yeah. healthy. So that's where we come in. We clean their homes for them. We make them happy. We have that fulfillment too, that we're actually doing something that right. is a positive impact towards people. Yeah. Being service oriented is definitely uh, a good place to start mm-hmm. for anybody that's wanting to be successful in any area yeah. It's just having a service mindset because the more uh, what's the word I'm looking for, the more value that you can provide other people, mm-hmm. the more that you can have within yourself. So with the cleaning business, what would you say is the the most difficult part of that? What are what are some of the headaches like if a person wanted to get involved and you would say, you know, these are some of the things that you need to look out for Well, in the beginning. Um actually going out to clean the homes yourself that's kind of difficult because you kind of need to be very healthy and fit in order to really be able to clean such a Mm -hmm. big amount of homes at a time and I remember um, a couple of years ago you know I had to help my parents at times to clean these homes ourselves right so I think that's for me it's challenging especially (laughs) since because of my cancer history, yeah, you know, it, it's kind of difficult for me health-wise, and it drains a lot of my energy. So that was the difficulty for me back then. I can see that because yeah. when I clean up at home, it drains me too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I understand. Yeah. So what would you say is the uh, like a high point that you can point out? Uh, if if there's anything besides just the service aspect. The service aspect, the, and also when, once you build up that business, really you don't have to be involved physically into the business. You just get money from your clients mm-hmm. every so often, and that's that's the awesome thing, right? So how, Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so how would one that's starting a cleaning business get started? So like, what would the initial steps be? Is that something you know, or is that... You, since you came in kind of later, you don't, wouldn't necessarily have those answers. Well, I came in later, of course. So I personally don't know how to open a cleaning business, but this is a perfect opportunity to have my mom on your show one of these days. Absolutely. You know, to explain more about the cleaning business and how that works. So if you, if you want to, you can come on over if you want. All right. So we're going to have... Uh, Nicholas's mom, Edith, step in for just a second, and she's going to tell us how she got started with the, or how one would get started with the cleaning business. Um, like Nicholas mentioned, the cleaning business is very comfortable job. Uh, I mean, uh, if you if you have uh, difficulties like we had in our lives when we came here uh, uh, for our daughter, so that's he mentioned that uh, if I lose one day. You know, one house, I still have a four other to clean. And exactly. it's mm. easier to find one house, you know, not for uh, for other ones. Um, so 
what was your question? <laughs> How would you, what would you tell someone that's looking to get started? Like what steps would you okay. give somebody? So the, it's, it's very easy. How we started, we, we start put the flyers on the door. Okay. The first we choose the area where we want to work. So that was the first step. Then we made homemade flyers. Everybody can do that. You know, yes. in those days, you can print out everything. And uh, we just were putting uh, to the doors uh, the flyers. And on the flyer, we put what we are offering, uh, what our services are. Okay. Then we start to put the ads uh, in the newspapers in an area, of course, where we want to work. So you really have a, a lot of chances mm -hmm. uh, to do that. You don't have to go when you, where you don't want to go. You actually choose what you want to do. Choose you want to work in. Exactly. And uh, when you're going for the estimates, when the people start to calling you, you have a power to choose if you want to work for someone or not. Yeah. Mm. So it's it's really powerful. It's not like you get a regular job and someone is telling you, you have to do this or that. Right. You have a power to make a decision, which is very cool. That is cool. And what about once you start growing the business and you start getting more homes, then how do you multiply your time? Okay, so um, the first, uh, you know, when you're good at something, uh, you have a good feeling, okay, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm doing the best job. And here comes your mindset. You have to switch that you, if you want to grow, you need other people to help you with that. Yeah. So that was the big uh, thing for me, hire my first employee, actually. Yeah changing the mindset that okay i can train someone i can teach someone how to do the way that me and my clients like it mm -hmm. so uh the first one was the toughest one to hire and then you know just was After like that, a boom. Just goes, yeah mm. yeah so not not it's not just the thing of you going and finding somebody but what i hear you saying is it's good to have a system Oh, of course. That you use and a way to do things mm -hmm. so you can duplicate that. Exactly. Because your name is on the line with yeah. the business and you want to make sure that everywhere your name, your brand goes. Exactly. You're yeah. able to mm -hmm. provide yeah. top quality yeah. service. For after many years, we have so many customers that I really, right now we are so busy and I don't advertise anywhere we, we should grow more, but mm -hmm. it's taking a lot of our time to do, you know, grow the cleaning business. Yes. It's operating very well without advertising because I'm on the market over 25 years and I have a really good reputation. So uh, I, we have so many customers. Well, so it's, 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 it's unbelievable. Yeah. So uh, tell us about balancing because, you know, there are... Hopefully, it'll be a lot of young people who have dreams of being entrepreneurs when they get older, and they would like to have multiple streams of income. So what would be a piece of advice you would give to anyone who would be in a situation like yours where they have multiple businesses, but you can only be in one place at one time? What do you do for time management? Um, you have to... Well, what we do, I put everything in a calendar. Mm -hmm. So right now, you know, after working with uh, many coaches and uh, mm -hmm. 
training actually ourselves uh, to be more productive so we can do more things. So I put everything in a calendar. And even uh, to spend that time with my husband to go on a date, it's actually in a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> because otherwise, otherwise won't happen. Uh, yeah. Yes. Mm. So, uh, you know, uh, just, just put everything in a calendar and uh, those things will happen. Um, and, uh, if you have a system like, uh, the, the cleaning service has a, his own system, you know, we use mm-hmm. a lot of help uh, from, uh, the, um, uh, company who, who do the scheduling for us, reminding the clients uh, about the appointments. So everything is automated right now. So it doesn't need my attention a lot. Yeah. I'm in the field to just uh, check and, um, you know, the people, how the work is done and, you know, talking to the customers, uh, of course, to get more job. So, <laughs> so it's actually physically, we don't do uh, the jobs anymore mm. um, because um, we do our other things. Mm. Right. So still, there's still a system in place. Exactly. To yes. where your husband will do more of the behind the scenes and you're out in the field just yes. checking and making sure. Well, actually, uh, my husband, uh, he's not working in the cleaning service. Oh, not no? at all. Oh, no, okay. no, this just is something. Mobile. Yeah, well, he's in the mobile homes um, checking okay. over there. He also doesn't work, uh, you know, physically do the job. Uh, we have a crew who's working, uh, who's fixing those homes. So everything, we, everything, what we did, we start by ourselves <laughs> to do the job, learn everything, then put everything in the order and um, make it duplicate so someone else can do that. Absolutely. Sounds. So it's in every single business. So it's, uh, like you mentioned, the system, right? Absolutely. So a couple of things, folks, to really pay attention to is uh, you really want to make sure you work on your mindset in whatever you want to go out and do. Be willing to put in the work because you have to work Mm -hmm. and develop a system to both not only help what it is you're doing be effective, but also to manage your time. That's true. And also uh, look always for for help, you know, for the Mm -hmm. people who... Depends what you want to do. Look for someone who's doing this and get, if if it's possible, get help from them. Or so what I'm trying to say is get a mentor or get a coach. Yes. If you want to do it by yourself, that will take you much, much longer. If you hire a coach, (laughs) that would be the shortcut to the success. I can speak Mm. directly to that. It (laughs) takes you much longer when you try to do everything by yourself. (laughs) So, uh, Nicholas, what I like to do now is uh, transition to talk about your your charity that you that you have Mm -hmm. your uh, what it's a it's golden golden wing helping hands helping hands. Yeah. So. Tell us about that. How? What is it, and how did you get started with that? Okay, so what we do at Golden Wing Helping Hands, well, it's a nonprofit, 501c3, and what we do is we make care packages for homeless people on the streets in Chicago, and we also help kids in shelters as well. And our care, our care packages have uh, clothing items, non-perishable foods, okay. toiletry items, and also words or letters of encouragement in each of the packages you know for to motivate the people who receive the presents okay and um really the way it started was uh there are really two stories behind this so lay it on me (laughs) the reason why i 
even wanted to do this in the first place was because, like I've talked earlier, is um, I had that cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going through a lot of hard times and hardships back then. And uh, I know what it's really like to be alone by yourself. I was often forgotten by some people. A lot of people left my life. Not everyone, of course, but some people did leave my life. And um, I remember when I was in school, specifically, um, you know, I was that kid with the tacky walker. I was bigger because I was on steroids. I was bald, so you could see all of my scars on my head. Mm -hmm. And I remember all the kids, you know, just laughing at me and uh, saying mean things to me. And nobody really wanted to be my friend back then. And every single day, I had to find an empty classroom to eat lunch all by myself. And um, the reason that's really the reason why I even want to help people in the first place, because we, we of course, need to have that motivation and that reason in order to really yeah, so, yeah, get so started into something. Absolutely. Yeah. So going through all of that, I kind of just don't want pe- other people to really go through what I have. And I want other people to know that, you know, you're never alone. There's mm-hmm. always going to be like that guardian or that guardian angel behind you. And really, that's how Golden Wing Helping Hands came to be, was okay. that I would I just want to help other people. And homeless people, I can resonate with them because you see that homeless guy walking down the street asking for some money or a sandwich and we're all just looking the other way trying yeah. to avoid him and not have any eye contact with him and we just want to be different we want to be there for those people because homeless people are people just like you and me you know we all deserve that um compassion that love and we need Absolutely. that attention we need to listen to each other really that's awesome uh and, you know, I'm going to do something that uh, I'm going to recommend for next year because the guys that run 21.6 The Net, mm-hmm. they have a portion of their proceeds go towards uh, a charity okay. every year. So they have one that's going to run for this year, but I'm going to highly recommend yours for next year. Awesome. Thank you. And I think that will be good. And I'm also going to talk to those guys about having you on their show as well. So we're going we're to get you on almost all of 21.6 uh, the nets uh oh, show so I'm gonna, perfect i'm gonna do everything to, to work on that so with your with your um with your charity that that you're running what would be the best way for people to support that well you could support us uh well number one one the easiest way i suppose is just donating right to golden wing helping hands through our website which is www.com goldenwinghelpinghands.org and um, really just either making a monetary donation or even just physically donating your own time as a volunteer to Mm -hmm. either help us pack these care packages for homeless people or to help us at our events that we put on fundraising events okay and when when do you do the packaging of the product or the the gifts at least once a month. We try to do it once a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it like on a Friday, Saturday, or does it, it does it vary? It, it varies. It, it really just depends on what's going on in our personal lives. 
Okay. And you guys do have a uh, Facebook page for that, right? Yes, we do. And that would be? Golden Wing Helping Hands. Golden Wing Helping Hands. So go out, like the page, support it in any way you can. And uh, again, Nicholas, like I said, it's, this is just an honor for me. Just hearing your story is just inspirational in and of itself. But then seeing not only how you were able to turn some an unfortunate thing that can happen to especially a, a young person at 10 years of age mm. and to be where you are now, you're not only chasing and pursuing your goals, but leading the charge for a lot of people yeah. who can look up to you and say, hey, this guy can make it. If this guy can get the right mindset after all the things that he's gone through, there's nothing stopping me either. Yeah, that's right. If I could do it, so can everyone else. Absolutely. So, folks, again, you're listening to the Always Believe in You show on 21.6 The Net. If you wanted to learn more about the station, you can go to www.216thenet.com or you can download the app 21.6 The Net on either I, the iPhone thing. I'm not an iPhone person. <laughs> or you can go to the Google store <laughs> to, to get that. And if people wanted to learn more about you or have you come in to speak, what would be the best way for them to get in contact with you? So definitely through Facebook, I have a personal page and also a speaker page. And that's my first and last name, Nicholas Miaskowski. And really, that's the greatest way in order to get in contact with me and to really keep up with all the awesome stuff that we're up to. Now, I'm not going to insult my listening audience, but you Probably be best to spell your last name so people can look you up. Of course. My last name is Miaskowski, which is M-I-A-S-K-O-W-S-K-I. Fantastic. Now I've got, usually I ask two final questions, mm -hmm. but being that you are as young as you are, I'm not going to ask the first. Usually I ask people if you can go back in time and talk to your teenage early 20 self but you're how, well how old are you i'm 22 22 so see you're still there so yeah, i could answer that all right if you could go back and talk to early teen nicholas what advice would you give him hmm well that you're always loved you're never alone and um you know always keep strong and positive even though i did keep that way keep positive when i was younger i never really thought that there are people out there supporting me i always thought that i was alone so going back all the way then that's exactly what i tell myself okay and then the final question is to the youth that'll be listening to this and watching eventually on youtube what advice would you give them to the youth okay so the most important thing is to Really just be positive and optimistic and really just have that in your mind that you're a champion and don't let anything really get in your way of getting to your dreams or to your success. That is the perfect answer. And that's the message that I pump every single week is that you are mm -hmm. a champion. You are valuable. You're worthy. And as long as you can believe in that and believe in the people that are helping you, you can achieve anything that you want. Nicholas, I appreciate your time. Edith, I appreciate you also participating and adding value to the show and to the listening audience. As I always say, keep striving, stay humble, and always believe in you.
Till next time.